And welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me on this edition. Bill, it's not just the quote-unquote liberal media. Remember, we used to talk about the liberal media. It's not just liberal Hollywood. It's not just the liberal colleges where the ratio of Democrat to Republican professors is, what is it, 25 to 1 now, or liberal governments. Now it's the corporate world saturated in the politically correct progressive agenda. I don't remember it being (laughs) that way in 1987. You know, it's increasingly the progressive ESG sort of corporate mantra that is controlling so much of the world's largest corporations, unlike anything I remember in my lifetime. Now, when you say liberal media, liberal colleges and and liberal Hollywood, that's redundant. That That's that's re- you could just just say media Hollywood. I don't even like you know, the word liberal. <laughs> liberal is not true. It's not true. These are progressives. It's not these even are, progressive. These are try, radical Marxists. Try regressive. <laughs> They're Marxists. And, regressive, anti-God, atheistic, anti-biblical ethics, uh, amoral, immoral, ethically depraved uh, leaders that are effectively taking the nation's businesses, media, political institutions, educational institutions, uh, down to hell with them. And you would think that that uh, business, the corporate world, would be the staunch opponent of such actions. And yet, that's not the case. They've, they've bought into this Marxist agenda as well. Right. And it's, it's a destructive agenda, obviously. I, and I, it should be obvious that every effort is put towards destroying human society, destroying economy, destroying political state, destroying anything that would preserve any salt that would still preserve our societies has been pretty much gotten rid of. Uh, and that's affecting the corporate world now as well. I know people not surviving the corporate world. In fact, just this week, another young computer science guy, friend of mine, is having to move on just simply because he can't sign that document. You know what I'm talking about. Right. So this kind of thing is happening constantly today. World Magazine has an article on this, also the New American, but uh, this Jerry Boyer, he was on this program not too far back, I'm going to say about two months ago. Good guy, good Christian economist, but he talks about the backlash against ESG. Uh, Wall Street Journal recently ran a story about a letter addressed to the money management giant BlackRock by the Attorney General of Arizona. 18 of his counterparts in other states also joined on to the letter. This comes after a series of actions by state-level financial officers questioning BlackRock and other asset managers rating agencies for their heavy-handed imposition of ESG. Now, what is ESG, Kevin? environmental social governance investing. What does that mean? Well, uh, it means the regressive, progressive agenda being required of the companies in which they will uh, promote and channel the investment monies. So that's what's going on. ESG is now a focus of controversy, a political risk. According to this article, a little bit of pushback from Elon Musk, along with 19 attorney generals, various states uh, saying, uh-uh, we're not doing business with these guys anymore as state governments with whatever state monies they control. Uh, Texas has blocked BlackRock. I just checked their list. I looked at uh, the attorney general's list for the state of Texas. Sure enough, Texas has blocked BlackRock, five Vanguard funds and 15 Fidelity funds. These are the largest investment companies in the world. BlackRock controls $10 trillion. No, make no mistake about what, it. What it was that? $10, 10000000000000 trillion. Dollars. Uh, that is roughly, what, 20% of the world domestic product. That's uh, That's larger than any any country's economy except 
the United US States and yeah. China. That's pretty much it. Yeah. BlackRock controls $10 trillion. Vanguard, $7 trillion. Fidelity, $4 trillion. Then down to State Street at $4 trillion and JP Morgan at $2 trillion. Uh, Texas has blocked BlackRock, five Vanguard funds and 15 Fidelity funds. State Street and JP Morgan evidently not so much affected by it. But that's got to be something like 75 to 80% of the world's investments uh, controlled by the ESGers in one way or another. So that's pretty, pretty much a lock hold established by principalities and powers. They have destroyed economies. They're squeezing Christians out of leadership and out of the economy. This appears to be something akin to the mark of the beast. I call it the beastly principle. I don't, I don't apply uh, that particular passage to the past or the future on this program, but I will say that the beastly principle reappears from time to time. That is where the state turns itself into a God. Um, and it is what the Bible would call the God that, uh, that, that is antinomian. That's the anomian force. The, the antichrist is also typically referred to as the anomian. That is that which is opposed to God's law and is diametrically opposed to God's law and applies the power of the state and the power of principalities and powers to oppose God's law at every point. That, my friends, is something of this man of sin or this beastly principle that shows up from time to time in some of the later books of the Bible. I'm not saying that this is the man of sin or that this is the beast, but I'm saying this is the beastly principle, which is the man of sin, the man of anomia, uh, the man who is opposed to God at every single point and opposed to God's law at every single point and gains a great deal of power. Somehow, centralized power is enabled for these massive principalities and powers and it is diametrically opposed to God's laws and in the end persecutes Christians as well, which is something that these beastly sort of people like to do. And so here we see the ESG criteria, and this you can find online. In terms of the environment, publishes a carbon or sustainability report, limits harmful pollutants and chemicals, seeks to lower greenhouse gas emissions, and uses renewable energy sources. The social element of it operates an ethical supply chain, which... The main issue is, of course, supports LGBTQ rights, meaning supports any form of sodomy, any form of sexual perversion, encourages diversity. And that is another key word for as much diversity in terms of sexual perversion as you can possibly bring into your company, has policies to protect against sexual misconduct and pays fair wages. As far as governance is concerned, so we environmental, social governance, governance uh, covers embracing diversity on the board of directors, that is more women and more homosexuals, on the board of directors, ideally transgender people at the helm of the $40 billion companies. I wonder where that ship's going to wind up, Bill. <laughs> Check out Isaiah 3 and verse 12 if you want to understand where this is going. Uh, by the way, more than 1,100 scientists and professionals worldwide have signed a world climate declaration stating that there is no climate emergency on planet Earth. And uh, so, but these powerful forces are aiming to destroy. They don't fear God. They don't worship God. They are more or less the man of sin. That is the man of anomia, the man who is against the laws of God at every single point. They worship the creature more than the creator and they will destroy. Their aim is to destroy uh, so we want to talk a little bit more about this in just a moment and how this is going to affect food. We, we've already seen how the regressive agenda has affected the worldwide economy, how they have destroyed the worldwide economy. But how will they destroy food distribution? That's next on the agenda and next on Generation. Stay with me.
What happens when a culture that was established and guided by biblical principles abandons the faith and seeks to live by its own wisdom? In his latest groundbreaking work, Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West, Kevin Swanson unfolds the dramatic history of Western civilization, highlighting the phenomenal impact that Jesus Christ and his people have had upon the thought, culture, and institutions of the Christian West, as well as tracing the slow but devastating decline of Western civilization and the key factors that have led to our spectacular fall over the centuries. A sobering narrative of gospel hope, this book urges its reader to greater fervency in the work of discipleship and the development of an international vision for the church. This is truly a must-read for any Christian seeking to understand the times and seasons in which we live. You can claim your hardcover copy of Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West by visiting generations.org store today. That's generations.org store. And we are back on the Generations broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. As we compare the ESG agenda and the United Nations agenda and the progressive agenda to the biblical requirement, and that is that, hey, thou shalt not steal private property, essential to a biblical economic structure. As well, don't forget, the Bible is against these forms of sexual autonomy that is being pushed very hard by the beast and perhaps the harlot as well. Again, speaking metaphorically, But this tends to be what happens with the centralized power state. What do you get? You get the persecution of Christians and the Nero effect of sexual perversion. Bill, it's a twofer. You always get both. And uh, so this is the the way in which they will work Christians out of the corporations and out of the picture so that they cannot uh, be involved on the board of directors. They cannot be involved as employees or employers in these corporate structures and they seem to be aligning a fair amount of the world economy against christians against a christian world and life view we we didn't see this level of i would say the neuronic agenda implemented in the 1990s or even like in the early 2000s we did not see this level of squeezing Christians out of the world economy as we are seeing today. If you do not support this diversity, you're out of the game. And that's the message that's being sent to, I'm going to say, tens of thousands of Christians employees in some of these multinational companies today. I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's not just that you must tolerate, you must affirm, you must endorse, and you must celebrate their perversion. And we're seeing this on the local levels, and we're seeing it at the international level as well. Now, thank God, Texas and uh, what nineteen other states are taking a position against ESG, and uh, but largely because not because of the LGBTQ thing, but because it's undermining the energy of the nations. Well, it it the, these uh, firms are have a fiduciary responsibility to to get the best return for their clients, and what they're doing is they're they're picking and choosing, not based on what is the best return for the investment of their clients' money, the states, but based on an agenda that the the firm has, which is to eliminate carbon-based energy. And so 
they are choosing to sacrifice the return, the, the interest that their client would gather from the best investment for an agenda that is not their fiduciary responsibility. Now, we have treated this question of the environment, global warming, climate change, whether carbon dioxide increase hurts things or helps things, et cetera, et cetera. And this pretended godlike position taken by scientists has drawn some conclusions that have no basis in science, but is merely the pride of men and the absence of the fear of God as the beginning of wisdom. And Bill, the earth worship will bring about poverty. No question about it. Think about Psalm 107, verse 33. God turns rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness. Why? For the wickedness of those who dwell in it. So this is the reason for the breakdown of economy. Let the peoples praise thee. This is Psalm 67. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield or increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. Why? Because we're worshiping God. We're not worshiping the creature rather than the creator. And here we see in Psalm 67, Psalm 107, that God blesses those who worship him. God does not bless those who refuse to fear him, submit to his ethics, submit to his law, but rather worship man, worship the creature rather than the creator. And that's what the United Nations is doing. That's what these great power mongers are doing, whether in the corporate world or in the political world. These powerful forces are aiming to destroy. They do not fear God. They do not worship God. And the end result will be destruction. You know, that's that's what happens. You see this in Hosea 4, 1 through 3. The Lord has a quarrel with the people living in the land because nobody in the land is faithful and kind or knows God. That is why the country dries up and everything in it languishes. The animals in the fields and the birds in the sky, even the fish in the sea are taken away. And you look at Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. And we're seeing this in China. China's rivers are drying up. And because they have a lot of hydroelectric power generated by those rivers, those, those rivers are drying up. And so they're turning off the electricity in, in major cities. Mm-hmm. They, they do not have air conditioning. They're using fans, blocks of ice and fans in, in corporate buildings. The same thing is happening in Europe. You're seeing rivers dry up. Mm-hmm. And why is this? Because people do not fear God. And, and some of you may say, well, that's too simplistic. Well, hey, do you believe in God as the sovereign Lord of the universe or not? Now, if you don't believe in God, then I guess you're just going to say it's all evolutionary random chance events in a universe where nothing makes sense. All right, that's your worldview. That's not our worldview. Our worldview is that there is a God in the heavens and he controls all his creatures and all their actions. And he controls the rivers. He controls the water that comes and waters the earth, et cetera. So he's been doing that for 6,000 years and still is. But uh, beware of the Babel wannabes. They're still saying, go to, let us make a name for ourselves. Let us build a city. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And that's precisely what they're doing. This is a conspiracy against God. This is a conspiracy against uh, the, the people, but certainly against God. And it is destructive and it will always be destructive. The, the UN 2030 agenda, quote, now covers every element of human life, every element of the economy including global wealth redistribution only within the nations, but also 
not only within the nations, but also among the nations. The agenda also, quote, specifically says, we need to change the way that we consume and produce goods. Their Vancouver Declaration, here's a quote, land cannot be treated as an ordinary asset controlled by individuals and subject to the pressures and inefficiencies of the market. Private land ownership contributes to social injustice. All right, that's the Vancouver Declaration of the UN 2030 agenda, my friends, and they are targeting food now. The Chinese regime has forced peasants to move to the megacities. Farmers are killed in South Africa. Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States proposed new rules that could bankrupt small and medium farmers. The Chinese communists used food or starvation as a weapon, as did Stalin in the Ukraine. Remember, this is probably the ways, the way by which powerful strong-arm governments killed more people than any other means. Bill, I mean, it was much more efficient. Just let them starve to death. That's what happened in the Ukraine. That's what happened in China. And that's what's going to happen in the future, friends. And unless we wake up and realize that there is a global effort today to undermine the food supply around the world, and I think we should be aware of these things. When man sets out to establish himself as God, there's, there's nothing that could stop him from an utterly destructive agenda. And this, my friends, is, is what we are seeing. ESG metrics are used to hijack control of the business sector, of the individual companies, put them in the service of the goals of the predator class, the people behind the World Economic Forum, behind the United Nations. Um, some of this I'm taking from uh, Alex Newman, who's a homeschooling dad, who's written for The New American recently. But he's drawing in all these plans that have been made by the World Economic Forum and by the United Nations. And they're bound and determined to destroy the food supply, further impoverish third world nations and eliminate a third of the world's population by starvation. Now, they're not saying that. They're not admitting to that. I would say the degree of intentionality here is somewhat debatable. I don't know the degree of intentionality. I know they want to reduce the world population. That's They tell you that. They, they will be very open that, with that. Yeah, they've made that statement But how for will years. they do it? Well, they do it by means of destroying the world economy. Please understand, godless homosexuals like John Maynard Cain destroyed the world economy by debt, by quantitative easing, and centralized government intervention into monetary policy and economy. And he's done that over the last 50 years, but specifically since 2008. That's when most of the quantitative easing appeared. That's when the world debt increased by, what, twofold over just the last 12 years. Uh, they've already destroyed the world economy. The August CPI in the Eurozone is the highest it's been. It's 9.08%. That's where it was in August, 9.08%. Europe's industrial sector is natural gas-driven, exposing it to a devastating cost-price crunch owing to the region's suicidal sanctions in Russia and the resulting collapse of Russian pipeline gas supplies. The EU will now convene an emergency meeting of energy ministers that's happening right now as gas prices spiral higher, hitting an all-time European high level on Friday and threatening to send the region's economy into the drink. The entire Eurozone, as well as the United Kingdom, faces the worst cost-of-living crisis in modern memory. The next step is destroying the world's food supply. They've destroyed the economy, so we're already there. We've done that through quantitative easing, through the debt issue, and using up all of the capital of previous generations and putting our great-grandchildren into unprecedented debt. So we've already completed that goal. The next step is to destroy the world's food supply by centralized government interventions into agriculture. 
And again, this is American, a new American, uh, no farmers, no food. Alex Newman, others wrote some good articles. Alex Newman's a homeschool dad, um, almost stayed over at our house about two years ago, uh, but I've been in contact with him for the last several years. But uh, here's what they say. The green global elites are aiming for total food control. Their power grab, which is now most evident in Holland, threatens the entire planet, including the United States. Now, make no mistake about it. Netherlands is the most productive agricultural state in Europe. Okay, they're amazing. The Dutch are amazing. Dutch farmers are fighting for their farms, their livelihoods, their lives. For weeks, they blockaded highway streets, food warehouses, and government buildings with their tractors, trucks, hay bales, and manure. The Dutch government, following the lead of the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the European Union, and Bill Gates Foundation, is imposing new green policies that the government acknowledges will put many farmers out of business. Under the pretext of protecting the environment, global biodiversity, farmers face fines and rigid restrictions on their use of fertilizer, and many are being ordered to drastically cull their cattle herds, listen to this, by as much as 25 to 95%. According to the BBC, Dutch government proposals for tackling nitrogen emissions indicate a radical cut in livestock. They estimate 11,200 Dutch farms will have to close. And another 17,600 farmers will have to significantly reduce their livestock. Although the, that's the BBC. Although the ongoing Dutch farmer protests are capturing the most media coverage, the European Union's net zero emissions mandates are sparking massive tractor convoys and protests that are rocking Italy, Germany, Spain, France, Poland, Ireland, and Belgium. And now Canada in July. No surprise here. Justin Trudeau's government deciding would jump on the fashionable net zero bandwagon proposed to order a 30% reduction in nitrogen fertilizer. Predictably, understandably, this has caused Dutch-style protests by Canadian farmers who charge that not only would these draconian nitrogen cuts devastate the country's farm sector, but would also have dire consequences for food availability and food costs worldwide. Canadian farmers produce and export much of the world's supply of wheat, oats, barley, flax, seeds, peas, beans, lentils, soybeans, canola, beef, pork, and apples. Holland's new farm mandates threaten to destroy many Dutch farmers who are the most innovative and productive farmers in Europe and the continent's largest agricultural exporter. In fact, tiny Netherlands, only slightly larger in area than Maryland, is second only to the United States in agricultural exports. Can you believe that? Wow. But but again, these progressives, regressives are dedicated to destroying the Dutch farms. Now, the Prime Minister Root, we've talked about him before. He's not a conservative. He's a liberal. He has not hesitated to scorn the Dutch farmers as, I can't use the word. It's a foul word. He uses a foul word for the Dutch farmers. And he's sending the military and police against the farmers. He's pitched the, the police against the farmers. A new vision for farming is required, says the WEF uh, globalists, because of global warming, population growth, and the need to protect biodiversity. The World Economics Forum's new vision for agricultural initiative led by 17 global companies that are industry partners of the forum, and that includes General, Motor, General Mills, Kraft Foods, Walmart, Monsanto, Nestle, PepsiCo, uh, Coca-Cola Company, Cargill, et cetera, et cetera, Archer Daniels. These are the people that support uh, uh, this sort of thing. It turns out, um, uh, farmers and ranchers everywhere are being targeted by the globalists for destruction and assimilation to scalable China-style corporate mega farms. In April 2021, Sri Lanka president, uh, oblivious to the warnings of scientists and agricultural experts, declared a ban on chemical fertilizers and ordered farmers to immediately switch to organic farming. The catastrophic results for this poor island nation were quick in coming. Remember, Sri Lanka has collapsed in just the last few months. 
The agricultural sector collapsed. Food prices soared. Food riots ensued. After only seven months, the uh, prime minister was forced by reality to reverse course and drop the fertilizer ban, but it was too late. The damage had been done. The nation's economy went to tailspin. May of this year, he addressed the World Economic Forum, Davos, begging for financial assistance for essential food, fuel, and medicines. <laughs> Shouldn't have gone to the WEF. Uh, maybe just go to the Franklin Graham you know, dist- Food Distribution Center or whatever. In July of this year, ha- hungry mobs stormed the presidential palace and the president fled the country. Sri Lanka's fate proves a sober warning of the calamitous impact the schemes of the green elitists. It also provides a warning to the globalist masters of the universe that they may face the same fate as the president of Sri Lanka. And by the way, this is also interesting. Um, the future of these elites is very, very interesting. They have, have put together, they want to eliminate uh, cattle ranches, and they're putting together a means by which people can, can uh, survive on insects. That's right. They, they say that there's, they're, they're developing insect farms in which apparently they're trying to create tons upon tons of insect foods. Let them eat bugs. Over the past decade, they have accelerated their propaganda for a diet of insects for the masses. Not for themselves, of course, but for the masses. So it's a, they call it the John the Baptist Project? I guess that's what they're calling yeah. it. Yeah, it's lab food made from weeds, bugs, algae, and bacteria. Um, so, so that's the latest thing. Your hamburgers are going to be made out of those sorts of things. Uh, that is the goal of the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. Um, and uh, wow, wow. Now, it turns out the science doesn't add up. And we've talked about this over and over again on this program that, hey, we don't even know if the increase or decrease of carbon dioxide is better or worse for the planet. Nobody knows the answer to these questions. And livestock, just cows, provide 21% of greenhouse emissions. By my calculations, cows belch up 6,000 pounds of greenhouse emissions. The average person contributes about 4,000 pounds per year, but there are also uh, a billion cows in the world. But animals make up two gigatons of weight, whereas humans only make up 0.06 gigatons of weight. That's 33,000 times the weight of humans on planet Earth. And cows only make up one thirty thousandth of the animal weight in the world, which means that the environmentalists will have to kill the other 99.999% of the animals in the world to reduce the methane levels and other greenhouse gases that would develop from the animal kingdom. Animals contribute, again, about 30,000 times the methane and carbon dioxide as humans do. So they're going to have to kill a lot of animals. They're not going to just have to you know, eliminate all the cows on planet Earth. They're going to have to eliminate all the other animals on planet Earth to reduce the amount of methane produced and, and other greenhouse gases produced by uh, these uh, live organic creatures. That's amazing. What percentage of, of the methane is the cow, cows produce? Cows belch up 6,000 pounds of greenhouse emissions. Assuming that methane is 28 times more potent than carbon dioxide, the average person uh, contributes about 4,000 pounds of uh, carbon dioxide per year. So again, cows are producing more of these greenhouse gases than humans, than anything that humans would produce, but, whether it be their factories or their own bodies. But they're, uh, they're, they're minuscule. But they're minuscule in comparison to the rest of the animal kingdom. Yeah. So again, just putting these facts together, and what do we have? We need to uh, eliminate we is, elephants. What we, we need have to is, eliminate all the, the rhinos. We need to eliminate all those animals that yep, are, yep. We're, we fight to save. Yep. Exactly. So if, if that's the agenda, then uh, I guess we're just going to have to kill all life on planet Earth. Yeah. Well, that's the direction that these guys are going. But the highest value is power and control. Don't get the idea they believe their own science. Maybe some do. Maybe some of the patsies believe the science. But, Bill, I mean, come on. They're out to control. They're out to rule as the Gentiles rule. Jesus said this is the way it works. 
Jesus, the Son of God, the wisdom of all wisdom, come to earth, explains to us in just a few words how the Gentiles do their thing in the World Economic Forum or in the United Nations or anywhere else in the world. How do the Gentiles rule, Bill? It's obvious, Luke chapter 22, Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. You know why? Because they give them a little hamburger made out of bug droppings. Yeah. And, and then they're referred to as benefactors, but it shall not be so among you. In other words, you don't lord it over others. You do not collect a power system in which you control the economy and control the food supply and control everything that's happening in a given city or in a given town or a given nation or the world itself. You're not bucking for power. You're not bucking to centralize control over peoples, whether that be in church or state. This is the way the Gentiles rule. It shall not be among you, but this is the way they do it. It's all about power and control. Don't get the idea. It's about science, Bill. Right. It's not about science. Never it's about has the power been. and control. Never will be. Now, a couple other things before we're done with this edition of the program. First, America still has the best Christian heritage and the most uh, fruitful lands. American farmers are the most productive in the world. America is number one. Now, the Dutch have an amazing Christian heritage, much like the American heritage. Uh, it's amazing how much we have received from the Dutch, especially in terms of theology, in terms of the Dutch reform, their influence on the Reformation, and their influence upon America in those early years. So the Dutch have a huge Christian heritage, and that's why they are the most productive Protestants in the world. American farmers, the most productive in the world— the U.S. has the most productive farmland in the world. Why? Because of Psalm 67, we worship God. We had a Congress who would worship God, call for days of repentance, and acknowledge Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords in the First Continental Congress in the 1770s. Uh, friends, that's it. We acknowledge Jesus Christ as King. We acknowledge the true and living God for centuries. And of course, that's why America is the most God-blessed nation on planet Earth. That's it. That's the reason. American farmers are the most productive in the world. The U.S., uh, have the best farmland, 390 million acres. That's more than China, more than India. And, and yet America has one-fifth the population of China and India. Think about that. America has the most productive farmland in the world, 390 million acres, more than China, more than India, and yet we have only one-fifth of the population. Algeria is number five, thanks to the Christian influence there in South Africa. And then Brazil is number six. So what do you do when the tyrants destroy the food supply in Europe, South America? in South Africa. What are we going to do? Well, we need to gear up to help starving brothers and sisters around the world. I, I just caught this article from the Barnabas organization, and we've interviewed the folks from Barnabas before. Um, they are supporting a ministry in Pennsylvania. Now, listen to this. Here's what they're doing. They're freeze-drying tons upon tons of food to ship off to starving Africans. It's a phenomenal idea. They freeze-dry the, the food, and they send it off to Africa. Remember, Africa imports 85% of its food, and the destruction of energy and food in Europe is going to hurt Africa. Just keep that in mind. I want you all to understand that Africa is going to starve to death. Bill, I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about it. Africa is going to starve to death. Mm -hmm. These policies, these environmental policies, are designed to destroy Uganda. They don't appreciate the fact that the average Ugandan woman has 5.7 children per family. They don't yeah. appreciate that fact. Yeah. Please understand, my friends, these people are evil. I mean, just, they are the very essence of what is evil. Bill, am I overstating the case? No. Nope. I don't think I am. Nope. These are the very essence of Hitler and Stalin and all the most evil leaders that you can think of in the history of the world are appearing in Europe today 
in the World Economic Forum and other organizations in which they do not fear God and they are bringing untold misery upon the entire world. That's the idea. And so as they destroy energy and food in Europe, it's going to hurt Africa. And Africa already imports 85% of their own food. And so the end result will be that we will have to, Christian ministries will have to do what they can to support their starving brothers and sisters in other countries. Now, here's number number three. We've got to fight hard to keep the big food states free. California is the largest big food state in America. I don't think there's much hope for California, but number two is Texas. Number three is Nebraska. Number four, Illinois. Then Minnesota, Kansas, Indiana, Wisconsin, and North Carolina. Again, there's no hope for California. Or Illinois. I, I don't think, or Illinois. But there's hope for Texas, Nebraska, and Kansas. And these are number two, three, and four. So friends, if you're if you live anywhere close to Texas, Nebraska, and Kansas, do what you can to keep those states free. I don't think there's any other hope for the world than just maintaining some decent farms in some of these states throughout the United States. And thanks be to God, there is something of a decentralization of power uh, to the individual states uh, that has been somewhat supported by the Supreme Court of the United States. And this may be our only hope for keeping our future brothers and sisters in other countries alive. And here's the last thing I should say. Learn how to grow stuff yourself. Build a greenhouse now and get God-made plants. It's a brand new level two science course by Tammy Seacrest, who is the green thumb of green thumbs. And she has this beautiful 250, 300-page science course full of the most amazing pictures you've ever seen. Uh, She provided so many of the pictures herself, but uh, this is an amazing product. I would say it's going to be our top seller as part of the uh, Christian Curriculum Project provided by Generations. Friends, you've got to check out God Made Plants. If there was a time at which we need to prepare our children for the hands-on green thumb approach to life, it would be now. Get a copy of God Made Plants, and it certainly is a God-glorifying, biblically-based course. You, you know, you sing the typical hymns that we have at the end of each chapter, and uh, you you got Bible verses just integrated throughout the entire course, and you've got to get this. It's hot off the press. Just got like four pallets in the last two days. God Made Plants now available at generations.org and the very last thing I need to say is friends we need to repent of our sins and perhaps at that point God will have mercy on us and let us worship God let us praise God let us lift up our thanksgivings to God every day let the people praise you O God let the people praise you let all the people praise you then the earth shall yield her increase God our own God will bless us you can take that all the way home with you. And that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.